welcome to Talent Hub Talk. I am Ben Duncan, and this is a place where prominent and inspirational figures from both the local ANZ and global Southwest Ohana share their stories. In today's episode, I am excited to be joined by Seema Samara, Senior Salesforce Developer and the recipient of the Golden Hoodie at Dreamforce 2022. Seema shares her brave and inspiring story from studying for six years to be a pharmacist to arriving in the Netherlands as a refugee and working as a cleaner before finding Blue Road Academy where her Salesforce journey started. Seema talks us through what the Salesforce ecosystem means to her, what it was like being awarded the Golden Hoodie during the keynote with Mark Benioff at Dreamforce 2022, and why she is so passionate about helping others into a career in Salesforce. I hope you enjoy the episode. Seema, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ben, for having me. Absolutely. My pleasure. I'm uh, I'm really excited to have you as a guest. We've as I was saying off uh, offline, we've seen your kind of journey evolve and, and the story um, on LinkedIn, and I'm, I'm really keen to explore that and find out a bit more about you. And I always like to start at the beginning, but I think that's especially important with, with your journey. So you were a pharmacist, I believe. That was your, your initial career. H- how did you kind of fall into that field and what was it that interested you about being a pharmacist? Uh, yeah, I think I liked so much uh, science in general and biology. So it was very interesting for me because in pharmacy, you do a lot of analyzing and then you have to really study the medicine and side effect. So I enjoyed the science part of pharmacy a lot. And was that when you started actually um, pursuing that career when you, you were a pharmacist, was that what you continued to enjoy? Um, you know, did you did you feel that you'd found your calling and that was going to be your career for the rest of your life? Actually, not really, because as I mentioned, when I wanted to study pharmacy, I thought it would be more about the science, about like discovering new medicine. But then I ended up in a pharmacy in like small, tiny place, just selling drugs, medicines for people. So I didn't find challenges so much, if I'm honest. It was more, you know, you get prescription, you read it. You give medication and that's it. Or someone will ask you about medication. So I didn't find it. It was not surprising, let's say. Most of the cases were like, yeah, it was okay. <laughs> what, what about the, the human interaction side of that? Did you feel um, that was like natural to you being in that kind of customer service focused um, environment? Yeah, yeah, that was nice. Obviously, people that have seen um, some of the the content online, obviously the stuff that was at Dreamforce with yourself and things uh, around your story will already know. But for anyone that hasn't seen that, can you tell me a little bit about how the the next steps unfolded and how you came to settle in the Netherlands? Uh, Yeah, that's a very good question. I'm actually a refugee. Uh, So I'm from Middle East and uh, the situation there is a little bit uh, more tough for women, for LGBT, or for anyone who has a little bit open-minded about a lot of uh, situations. And I was one of those people, so I, I wanted my freedom. I was asking and I spoke up for women's rights, LGBT rights, and even like, you know, free free of uh, any restrictions. And unfortunately, that was not welcoming and um, the government was not really happy about what I was doing because I started a non-profit organization. You know, I thought like, hey, this uh, non-profit organization can help uh, some people and so we can speak all together. But unfortunately, that was not the case. And uh, so the situation started to be complicated where I had to leave my country. 
And uh, yeah, as I mean, as you mentioned, I was a pharmacist. And then when I came to a new country, usually it's very complicated to work exactly what you have done at uh, at your home. So yeah, that's where I started to find difficulty because I couldn't be pharmacist again here. So obviously, yeah, incredibly brave of the journey that you went on. And um, and I can only imagine what that would feel like going into a new country and not being able to to do the job that you've pursued and, and the, the role that you studied for and so on. So at that point, what did you see as your job prospects? Like what were the options to you in terms of, um, obviously, if pharmacy wasn't an option, what, what other things did you consider? Yeah, it was very difficult to find any job because you don't speak the language. So the only thing I managed to find is actually cleaning and being a housekeeper because then you don't need to speak to anyone and you don't need to communicate with customers or anything. You just do stuff on your own. I had been actually working as a housekeeper for uh, one year and a half. Yeah, it's crazy, right? And obviously no disrespect to anyone in that profession, but it must have been a, a big difference to what you'd done before. You know, you must have felt you were capable and able to to, to go on and, and do more than, than you were doing. Yeah, exactly. It was a nice job and anyone, like, as you mentioned, it's okay to do it. But I only felt that I missed what I had been doing, or at least I studied for a long time and I would love to use <laughs> the science and everything I have. I studied for six years, so it was quite a long journey. And then all of a sudden I ended up in something that yeah, doesn't relate to what I have been studying. So that was disappointing. And had you ever thought of a career in IT at any point in your, your career or, or journey up until that point? No, never. I really, I have always have said it. I didn't know anything about computer, only like, you know, laptop, turn it on and, and that's it. And I even didn't have a laptop myself. I was only using my brother laptops or someone laptops, but no, I didn't use so much computers. Crazy, right? So at the time, Refugee Force was the initiative that, that helped you. How did you come across them? I know their name has, has changed now, but um, how did they help you? What kind of support did you get? Blue Road Academy, it's now their name. And uh, as a housekeeper, sometimes you have quite a lot of time during the day. I only was working for three hours per day, so the whole day was mine. And uh, most of the time I was just Google or like uh, doing stuff on my Facebook. And then I saw advertisement. And the nice thing about advertisement, they, they didn't look at your Dutch language. So there was no Dutch language requirement. There was no background. They didn't say, hey, you have to study this or that. There was nothing. So everyone was welcome as long as you're a refugee and you, you know, you speak English. Those are the only two things that you need to do. And that's it. You can come and be uh, within Blue Road Academy and like attend the course. The course was, I guess, taking you from zero to a point where you'd be comfortable securing a, a job in Salesforce. But was everyone on the same path? Like, was it always admin first or development? Like, did you have to choose which path you went down? In my situation, I started as an admin and the course was almost three months. And I finished the course. And after that, I got a job as a Salesforce admin. And within that company, uh, there was a lot of developer. And then I started to feel like, hey, development is really fun. And it's like you feel they are making magics and stuff. I was like, wow, this is interesting. And then I started to learn on my own. And uh, yeah, with the help also from other colleagues who already are developer. So I managed to also take developer path. What did you find easy and what did you find difficult about learning Salesforce? Ooh, I find I don't want to say easy, but like everyone can learn it. And that's the nice thing about it. For example, you have Trailhead. 
And then they give you scenario from our life, like business life. It's not super complicated. It's not very technical that if you look, Ooh, what should I do? It's more, they tell you, Hey, we sell that. We want to do this. How can you do it? And then you feel, okay, this is something normal can happen in real life. Someone would love to sell something. It's easy for you to understand it. What I find difficult is actually development programming because there you really get more into technical. And then, for example, if we're talking about either back end or front end and how you combine those stuff and when to use, for example, either trigger or you're calling Epix classes or all those technical stuff, then you start to feel, okay, this is getting serious and really technical. So I find that difficult. Yeah. How long from going from being an admin to, to studying and, and in your own time and, and working with developers, did you start to become comfortable with the development side? I actually passed my developer exam almost after a year and a half, something working uh, with the company. But still, like, you know, you always learn. I always believe that if you are working in tech environment, you're always learning because there's always develop, uh, development and there's always update for the system itself. So you'll keep learning and you will never be the best, for example, because no one is. And there is always updates for stuff. And yeah, so that's normal that you keep learning. And that's the fun part, actually, about being in Salesforce. So it's it's continuous. And I think I felt comfortable, but still, like, there is a lot of things that I don't know mm -hmm. as anyone. So I need to search about it, learn it. I guess that's also the beauty of Salesforce. Even if, even if someone was able to master everything in Salesforce today, tomorrow there would be something new, right? It's just ever-changing. There's always something new coming that people need to kind of learn and, and get across. Yeah, exactly. If you go back in time and, and think about like what you would have thought had you told yourself you would have a career in tech when you first arrived in the Netherlands, what would you have thought? I would laugh. I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm of those people, you know, when you get an error five years ago, if I get an error on my laptop and I don't know what to do, I shut down and literally like close. I have no clue. <laughs> I didn't do anything like so I don't. I didn't see myself as tech person. No, no, definitely I didn't. No. Well, I'm still that person that closes the laptop, or my um, I just turn it off and turn it back on again. Right, that's first level support. Well, now I don't do it anymore. More now is like, okay, let's see what's this and start to solve it before I turn it off. <laughs> so, if if you could give a message to anyone that finds themselves in a position where their back is against the wall, I guess in terms of not having being able to work in a career they want to, or you know, not having job opportunities um, similar to the the one that you found yourself in when you first arrived in the Netherlands, what advice would you give um, about people that you know might explore the Salesforce world? The best thing you can ever do is creating a Trailhead account. It's free and everyone can do it. Just to try to do some trails, read about it. I'm so sure the moment that you start in it, it can be addictive that you want to keep finishing levels because you, you, you earn either badge or like you get this congratulation, which is fun and makes you feel happy that you achieved the stuff. This is how I started at least. And then the moment that I felt like I'm finishing level, you feel satisfied because you're achieving stuff. So I can just say, please just create Trailhead account and go for it. Start with your first trail. Yeah, the, the, the amazing thing is you've really got nothing to lose, right? Because it is free and there, there are so few um, opportunities like that in the world in, in technology where you can just pick up a you know, a skill set that's in demand um, for free. It's um, it's incredible. And, and so many people probably still don't know that there is that option there. 
So uh, tell me about um, Dreamforce. Um, how did you react when you, uh, you found out that you'd be sharing your story uh, in the main keynote with Mark Benioff? I think it was one of my best moments in life. It was so good. It's big stage in front of, I don't know, 40,000 people on site and more than 100,000 online. It's very special, all I can say. And also you feel very much in love with the community because you also feel you are within your family and then your family thank you and appreciate you. And in the same time, you are you inspire them and they appreciate that as well. It was seriously as family unite, like reunited. And yeah, that was really nice. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I, I watched and um, and it was incredible. And and what was the moment like when you realised that it wasn't just sharing your story on the the main stage, but you were also going to be awarded the golden hoodie? Ooh, <laughs> the golden hoodie was really surprised because I didn't know at all and I didn't expect it. So I was I, I did a lot of uh, you know rehearsal for how I can grab my mic and stand because they told me like the mic on your right and. So I, I remember they were have they told me that the moment the video finish, uh, Mark Pinoff will come from the left side and talk to you. So that was it. And prepared in that moment, the mic, please take it there and turn it on. And so stand. And, and it, it wasn't my mind, you know. And then all of a sudden, I saw Mark Pinoff with something goldy. And I was like, oh my God, where's the <laughs> mic? You know, I, was like, I got so much in a shock, like, oh, I have to hold the mic now and stand. Because it was really surprising. I didn't know. No one told me that this thing will happen. It was really special as well. And, and what did it mean to some of the people that have helped support you as well? Like if we look at um, Blue Road Academy, like, you know, because it shines a light on them as well, right? And I think that that's also important. Yeah, yeah. I think it's very important that, which I hope as well, a lot of partner and other companies were, are willing to take more newcomers and people who didn't have a tech background and they believe in them because, you know, me or other people are just examples to prove that you can really take any person who didn't have a tech background and they will really succeed and be able to build and implement Salesforce for you. And I think that's very important. And also, I hope that the Blue Rod Academy will get, you know, wider and be in a lot of places because there's a lot of refugees all over the world. And that's also very benefit for, for either the government or either the, the community you are, because it's, it's important that those people get the job that they like and also be part of the community instead of just, uh, they are not qualified or you tell them, hey, your certifi certification and diploma is not qualified in the country. But now they finally can do a job that they are enjoying with. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I've spoken to other people that have found themselves in similar situations, not necessarily refugees, but people that have come to a country with a, a qualification that, that just doesn't stand in the country. And it, it's such a shame, but it's, it's also we're thankful in the ecosystem to be able to then find people like yourselves. Like there's a, a gentleman in, in Australia called Nizar who was a, a doctor in India, but couldn't find a doctor's role in Australia. So it's it's a second career for so many people, but we're benefiting in the ecosystem by being able to, to find people like yourselves. I agree. So what does the community mean to you? Being in a new country and struggling to find friends and you are alone, I feel Salesforce community is really my family. I had my birthday last week 
And I had over around 15 people and all of them are Salesforce community. Because, you know, no when I wanted to think, hey, who I should invite for my party. And really all of the, all my friends is Salesforce community. It's so funny. Even I was telling Gaspar, uh, he's the co-founder of Blue Road Academy. I was telling him, oh my God, I feel like I am hosting an Salesforce event in my birthday party <laughs> at my home. Because, you know, everyone is, and even like the picture, Gaspar said, oh my God, I recognize everyone in the picture. Like <laughs> it's just the community. So <laughs> they are more than, you know, they are more than family they are really close to me and i like them so much what about on a global scale then i guess um like i'm in australia you're in the netherlands um have you have you felt that support not just locally in, in people that can physically come to your birthday party but also the wider ecosystem and, and making friends in all over the world i guess yeah yeah indeed yeah in san francisco now australia as you have said so everywhere everywhere you feel like you, you are connected to everyone so I guess my final question is around um, now your your stance and, and what you're doing to help others and, and like why that's so important to you. So from your journey, obviously you're encouraging and people seeing and, and hearing your story will encourage, but what are you doing now to, to be there in person for other people in, in similar situations and, and, and why are you so passionate about doing that? Uh, recently, I started with other two co-founders, Trailblazer. Trailblazer community is also, we are with collaboration with Blue Road Academy and uh, the idea that we're trying to, so uh, most of the students, they graduate from Blue Road Academy and sometimes they have difficulty to find either a job or a place to live. And uh, because for a refugee, it's sometimes complicated and uh, Blue Road Academy will be able to teach you Salesforce and help you definitely to find a job. But sometimes... Uh, some students, they are not so motivated to do some stuff or shy. So with the trail keeper, we are trying to keep them together and have some sessions to help them either how can they do in the interview, like doing spe special sessions for helping them finding a job where they apply and more motivate them at what they have to share in the interviews, how they have to check their contract, their offers, what they expect in, uh, in Salesforce ecosystem, because they don't know, for example, what they have to work on and, and, what are the skills they, they needed. So we are trying more to qualify them to be able to really get a job. You studied for six years to become a pharmacist. You became a pharmacist and you weren't sure if that was the right career for you. You didn't get to do the things you loved. Is Salesforce the career for you now? Have you found your calling? Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, I have been, uh, this is my fourth year. So yes, I really enjoy it. Thank you so much for sharing your journey. Honestly, it's um, it's amazing to hear and um, and you deserve all of the accolades and the press that you get. And um, and if anyone does want to reach out and, you know, pick your brains or ask any questions or just look for some support, where's the best place to find you? Uh, I think my LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ben. Thank you for having me. So that's a wrap for this week's episode. And thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the chat. And if you did, please make sure you have subscribed for future episodes that are coming through. I would also be very grateful if you would consider leaving a review on your chosen podcast platform as five-star reviews will help us to reach more trailblazers from across the world. I look forward to sharing another episode with you soon. And thanks again.